Hi, welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us today is Gabriel Shipton, who's a producer of a new documentary that we want to talk about, about his brother, Julian Assange. And hopefully, during the course of this the next 45 minutes or so, you'll get a chance to understand what the issues and the answers are. So, uh, Gabriel, thanks for joining us. I appreciate uh, you being here. Tell me a little bit uh, the name of the film and where we can see it first. So the film is uh, called Ithaca, uh, Fight to Free Julian Assange, and it will be playing uh, all across the U.S. Uh, over the over March and April, uh, starting off uh, in L.A., uh, people can catch us in LA at the Lame Le Theatre uh, at North Hollywood on the 1st of March, 7pm. Uh, and then we're, we'll go up to San Francisco where we play the Roxy on the 2nd of March at 30pm, the Smith Film Centre at 7pm. And then back down uh, to LA, uh, Alamo Draft House downtown on the 4th of March, 6.30. And again at the Lemley uh, Theatre Royal on the on March fifth, and that's ten a.m. I'm at on Sunday. So those I, are the I first. I expect uh, an invite to both of the LA events. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Yes. We'll, uh, my father and I will both be there. And um, your father is a is a of course a central figure in this documentary, and we want to talk more about that. But we're going to take a short commercial break to pay the bills, <laughs> and then when we come back, we'll jump right in with a couple of questions. We're uh, just asked a question. We'll be right back. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, Just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not released anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. And with me today is Gabriel, Gabriel I'm sorry, Gabriel, just bollocked your name, Gabriel Shifton, who's who's the producer of a new documentary, Ithaca, and the uh, fight to free Julian Assange. And I guess we're going to start with the question that will be on many people's minds. And why should we be concerned about freeing Julian Assange? That's in the United States, his name uh, you, you will get two reactions. One, people are either fervently in favor of the actions that he took or those who believe, and many of these are members of government and some members of the press who think he's a, a terrorist and should rot. Why should we care? What's the importance of Julian today? Well, right, Julian is charged uh, with 17 counts um, under the U.S. Espionage Act, uh, and those charges relate to uh, the publishing, uh, the the uh, possessing, and uh, the sourcing of uh, classified uh, information uh, from uh, Chelsea Manning, who was a whistleblower. Uh, and those documents are the Iraq war logs, uh, the Afghanistan war diaries, uh, Guantanamo Bay detainee files, and a huge uh, trove of uh, diplomatic cables, uh, you know, State Department diplomatic cables, over 250,000 uh, State Department diplomatic cables. And so what what is really at stake and, you know, the essence of this and why people should care is because uh, what is being, Julian is being charged with is what journalists and publishers uh, do every day. Uh, so the it's the charges that he is facing 
uh, are making journalistic activity uh, illegal. And, and we all should care about that because uh, that's how our government uh, and our democracies work. You know, without journalists, uh, without publishers, uh, there's nobody to hold our governments to account. And so it's, it's really an essential part of uh, all our Western democracies, you know, that fourth pillar, the, the fourth estate uh, is, is a very essential part of uh, the Western democracies. And also, uh, you know, journalists, a lot of journalists, a lot of publishers uh, these days are sort of become mouthpieces of the state. And so uh, what, what Julian did was publish shock. things. I've never that, heard that. Shock, shock. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, the, the type of publishing and the type of journalism that Julian uh, did is is uh, the real type the make that the, the type that makes how pe powerful people uneasy uh, it, it exposes uh, their corruption it exposes uh, the crimes that they've committed in our names uh, you know like war crimes in Iraq uh, for instance the uh, you know the famous video of the helicopter gunship a video called collateral murder so this is a uh, one of the For those videos. who are are not familiar with collateral murder here is this I, and I've seen the documentary by the way and as I said very well done and part of the documentary shows this particular piece of a videotape where a gunship an American gunship right guns down innocent civilians and it's not just civilians it's two Reuters uh, cameramen so it's two journalists yeah. uh, that are gunned down by this helicopter gunship and then a van pulls up which a, a van which is uh, has children in it on their way to school uh, and the van pulls up and the driver of the van gets out to help uh, these uh, injured journalists the journalists had been shot from this helicopter and then the helicopter proceeds to uh, i think you know the phrase the the people use is light them up and you know it proceeds to light up this van that has children in it uh, that is essentially trying to save these journalists who had been gunned down previously. So these these are the sort of material that Julian uh, is in is in prison for. You know he's been in prison uh, since uh, since 2019, 11th of April. Uh, he's held there now solely at the request of the US DOJ relating to these espionage act uh, charges, uh, and and it's that information uh, that he's uh, been sought. Uh, by uh, by the USDOJ that for publishing uh, that exact information, Brian. Well, let's before we get to, and I do want to talk a little bit about his detention and and where that goes. But for those who don't understand, there are those who are going to say Julian Assange was no journalist; that he was a hacker, and that he he also uh, gave information about uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, which led to a horrible thing. You know that led to the twenty sixteen election, and that. He was an instigator, but not an information provider. Now, there are those of us in this business who understand there's no such thing as a, a journalist. There's an act of journalism. He he committed an act of journalism. What he did was supply information through WikiLeaks to the outside world. Why is it, do you think, that it's it, it has been hard to get the ear of even journalists who are covering this? Is it that they don't understand? Is that that uh, there's been an um, an alternative uh, narrative put forward. Why do you think it's been, and you, and during this documentary, your father, I could see at some point in time, man, does he get frustrated? And I can't blame him. If that were my son, I'd be right there with him. But there's a very human toll that this has taken. And this documentary goes through it. And the question that kept coming to my mind over and over again, unanswered by this documentary, but unanswered by anyone. Um, any at any point in time is why isn't there more care in this world for what happened to Julian Assange? Do you think there's an answer to that? Well, you know, I think so. I think you have to go right back to you know the early days of WikiLeaks and you know why Julian uh, started WikiLeaks. This sort of uh, you know it was a revolutionary. Um, you know, it was a revolutionary news organization. It, it totally, uh, you know, decentralized uh, leaking, decentralized source material. 
uh, and what Julian did was he identified uh, issues, uh, you know, with with the state of journalism, with the state of publishing, uh, that uh, the source information was often hidden behind these corporate walls. You know, they were the source information would stay within, uh, you know, these news organisations. Uh, it wouldn't be available to the public. Uh, you know, we would only uh, be able to read, uh, you know, uh, what these uh, organisations reported. We wouldn't be able to go back and uh, see the source information that they were referring to, uh, or you know, compare, uh, you know, this sort of idea of WikiLeaks, this journal, uh, scientific journalism, if you will, where you can uh, take the source information and and hold it up against the uh, against the reporting and do a comparison to see you know where the bias lies uh, and you know what is left out what is what is in so what julian was addressing with the sort of developing wikileaks was it wasn't just making a secure platform where people where leakers could go to and leak anonymously you know in the digital age uh, tracing leakers became much easier uh, you know what and, and what Julian offered to leakers was uh, the use of encryption the use of anonymous drop boxes uh, or online anonymous drop boxes which are now uh, you know, used widely across the industry but you know, Julian identified that problem with journalism and it was particularly after the Iraq war uh, where uh, there was that big lie about the weapons of mass destruction uh, that, uh, that, you know, I think that was the sort of inciting incident, if you will, right. uh, to WikiLeaks, um, to this problem with journalism. And what, it, what WikiLeaks did uh, was decentralised leaking. It took the leaks out of the hands of these corporate media entities and made them uh, accessible uh, to everyone, to any journalist all around the world. And so... Uh, what happened was uh, this decentralization of media was a, uh, you know, it was, it took the power away from these media organizations. You know, once they were the controllers of the narrative, once they could, uh, you know, uh, the New York Times was, uh, you know, it was the truth. You know what I mean? You right. could read it and, and that was your one source of truth. Uh, uh, about what's going on in the world. But now with WikiLeaks, uh, people could find out, well, actually, uh, you know, they might, they might have their own bias uh, and you could compare these documents with, that, with the actual reporting. And so I think that really upset, uh, rocked the apple cart in the media world, particularly the corporate media. Uh, at first, these organisations collaborated with WikiLeaks, uh, you know, all the major the news organisations collaborated that's right, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, news organisations all around the world uh, collaborated with WikiLeaks. But you know, once uh, I, I believe that once WikiLeaks became, you know, once they'd finished their collaboration, then they sort of turned on WikiLeaks because you know they saw it as a threat uh, to their standing. To I think their the power. governments did too. I think your greatest threat, and this yeah. is just me, but a after the documentary and knowing the story as I do, look. Julian Assange won journalism awards for what he did, but he pissed off every country on the planet pretty much in, in some of the things that he did. So at the end of the day, I, you know, it's only a matter of time. I, I mean, he, and to his, to his credit, he didn't run away, you know, um, and, and seeking asylum in the former Soviet Union as, uh, you know, he, he faced the music as much as he could. And now he's in prison. And when we come back from our, our first break, I want to talk a little bit about that, um, about the uh, the extradition, what, what America is trying to do and why and where he sits now. So stick around. We're going to take a short, short break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the curious case of Julian Assange. Stick around. Coming back in three, two, one. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I'm your host, Brian Caraman. With me today is documentary film producer Gabriel Shipton, who has just produced a documentary about his own brother, Julian Assange, featuring his father, who goes on a, a, a search to try and help free his son. 
And as I told you, uh, Gabriel, as a father, man, that one really hit me hard, just seeing what your dad was going through trying to help his son. But I I was also reminded of something that happened to me. Um, and unlike other reporters who are have interviewed you or may interview you, um, I have been to jail to protect the First Amendment. And there are a few of us around. There's less than a dozen of us. We we call ourselves, um, uh, well, we call ourselves many things, but we call ourselves the first jailbirds club. Those of us who have lived to tell the tale of being in in a so prison nice. or jail. And, and I'd like to welcome Julian as a, as a member of our small, but rather uh, iconoclastic band of, of uh, rebel rousers. Um, but it was the idea, all right, so he's sitting in jail at Has-Been or in prison, in a horrible prison that he is in, and he's sitting in prison fighting extradition. At the end of the day, I'm reminded of what happened to me. I was in jail fighting to, to not testify about a confidential source that I had, and I was told that basically I could be there forever fight fighting this and i see no end game in in place for julian is that something that you all have faced dealt with or am i being incorrect in the assertion because as long as the u.s government and under biden and and mind you when i go back to the briefing room after the fourth of march i'll be in dc in the briefing room for the whole month of march after that that's one of the first questions i intend to ask in the briefing room. It's the question I asked of Trump and I did ask it of Biden before, but I'll continue asking why haven't they stopped going after Julian Assange? But back to the question, at some point in time, have you ever considered just how long he could remain there fighting extradition? Well, he's got, so at the moment there, he has his final uh, appeal before the high court in the UK. So the, the, uh, UK Home Secretary, which is like the equivalent of the, uh, uh, you know, the head of the de uh, State Department, signed off on his extradition on June 17 uh, last year. So Julian has one more chance to appeal at the UK High Court. He's submitted his application to appeal, and uh, we're waiting to hear back from the High Court whether they'll give you leave uh, for Julian to appeal that. Now, if Julian's extradited, uh, it could happen very quickly. Uh, the High Court could just reject Julian's appeal and, you know, he could be on a plane to the US um, to the Eastern District of Virginia uh, where, uh, where, where he will um, face those charges, those Espionage Act charges. Uh, and this could go on, you know, if, if, if Julian's extradited and, you know, this could take years in the US courts, uh, you know, it could, it could go on uh, for years and years. But, you know, I really feel at the moment, you know, we were talking about the media earlier and I, and I think, you know, a lot of the media, uh, you know, with this letter from the New York Times at the end of last year, they're sort of coming around now. Um, you know, they've written a letter to uh, Merrick Garland calling on the Garland Department of Justice to sort of end these endless prosecutions. I think those are the that's the wording in the letter. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel there's this sort of momentum happening now where there is a bit of a shift uh, and, and a shift among the establishment media uh, that, you know, what's going on, you know, what the US government doing and what the US DOJ are doing with these espionage charges is actually are going to affect us, you know, that the, the media is actually. Yes, it took him long up. enough to realize that. But yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that when yeah, he yeah. was jailed for, and look, before the Trumpers get mad at me, I don't care. Before the, the the far left gets mad at me, I don't care. Let's let's just talk about the fact. And the fact is that what Julian Assange was jailed for doing was what I do every day as a reporter. It's what we all do. And if you cannot understand that you're doomed to be covering nothing more than propaganda for the government. That's his act of journalism. He committed an act of journalism. He published information that our government didn't want published. That's his sole crime. It's not that it was that it's not there. The sole crime he's accused of 17 counts of it. He didn't hurt anybody he didn't rob anybody. No one was, no one was injured by his reporting. 
It was knowledge. He passed knowledge on to the, to the public and to throw him in prison for that speaks horribly against the U.S. as far as being, you know, the light and torch for First Amendment and free speech. It, it To me, it's, it, it's an anathema to what we stand for and having been through, like I said before we started, I feel like a bit of a piker. I mean, I, you know, I was only in jail, you know, four weeks, four times. They kept throwing me there and mm. they kept me there until it went through the Supreme Court. But, you know, it was rather quick and and uh, it hurt. But, but at the end of the day, I wasn't there for years. And I I watched this particular documentary and I mean, it had me in tears at, at, at several points in time, uh, particularly towards the end. And some of the things that, you know, watching him trying to reach out to his fiance and, and his child while he's in prison. Um, are you in contact with your brother? I'm not in direct contact with him. I, I do I do visit him in the prison when I'm whenever I'm in the UK. I was there, you know, at the end of October. Uh, he's you know he's still got a fighting spirit. I'm I'm always Good. amazed that yeah I'm amazed that he's, you know he's still he's still in there still fighting still talking about ways, you know. Well, I'd like uh, to meet him and talk to him myself. And, yeah, I hope I hope you get the chance to do that one day, and. Yeah, I'm always amazed by his spirit, his fighting spirit. I mean, it is taking its toll on him, um, this sort of never-ending prosecution. He's been detained one way, one way or another now uh, for the past 13 years in the UK. Uh, so, uh, you know, four years in a prison, seven years before that inside the Ecuadorian embassy inside the in the UK. And so, you know, it's taking its toll on him and, and it is wearing him down. Uh, recently, he had a minor stroke. Uh, so that's uh, evidence of this if this constant uh, constant limbo that he's in and the pressure that just grinds down uh, on his body. Um, I think Not one of the interesting horrible points prison of the, food. Yeah, the prison food is no good as well. No, um, <laughs> no. Between that and the tension, it gives everybody heart attacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, oddly, he has a lot of solidarity amongst the prisoners in the prison. Um, that's yeah. not odd and i'll tell you why one one of the first things i found when i went to jail was that there were a lot of people in jail that were in for a lot of nefarious things they all had a couple of things in common one of them is they hated snitches and they knew i wasn't one and they also knew that i was fighting the government which is what they were doing your brother's doing the same thing he He's providing information against the government that have jailed everybody that's in there. Mm. He's going to find a few comrades. He's he's one of the, you know, they say the people that do worst in prison are those who have molested children. Those who do best sometimes are the journalists, which I don't know what that says about, ex, you know, where do journalists excel? Prison. That's <laughs> 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 very hard to take. <laughs> well, I guess only the good journalists end up in prison, right? Yeah, that's a, only the best of us, baby. <laughs> the rest of us end up on national news. <laughs> the, yeah, the worst right. of us CNN. end up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have uh, how's your dad doing? I, I, I again, uh, the name of this um, uh, documentary. I don't want to screw it up. It's Ithaca, and it's uh, the story to free Julian Assange. And if you get a chance to see this documentary, I'll plug it because it was well worth the time and the effort. And it gives a great insight into who Julian Assange is and the fight and the struggle that's going on. But uh, your father is a central uh, character in this. He uh, had been estranged from from Julian, uh, but you know later came back into his life and has been there fighting uh, by his side. Uh, but how's how's the family taking it? How's your pop taking it? Yeah, well, I mean, I did a interview with Chris Hedges, and he does a lot of work with people inside prisons. And and you know, one comment he made—I never thought about this before—but you know, one comment he made about the families of prisoners is that you know, when uh, when they're in prison, the families are in prison as well. Yep. And you know, we're all focused, uh, uh, really focused on fighting uh, to get Julian out of prison. Uh, and that's and that's you know what what we sort of live for now is 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 the fight to free Julian. 
Uh, and John has devoted his life to that now. So has Julian's wife, Stella. Uh, a lot of my time is devoted to that, uh, to that cause as well. Um, so yeah, we are band, banded together, uh, fighting, fighting to get Julian free. Have you had contact with the U.S. government since uh, Biden has taken over? And I know that Garland has, I know that the administration continues to press, but has there been any give, has there been any indication that uh, Garland or the Department of Justice will change its mind? Look, we were, you know, back in uh, beginning of 2021, you know, it's, 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 it's some scenes in the film, you know, my, my father to the U.S., uh, because we had the prospect of a meeting with the administration, you know, we'd received uh, communication uh, from the from the Bi incoming Biden administration that they were willing to talk, and uh, you know, we 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 travelled to the U.S. and uh, you know, as soon and you know, we had a message saying wait till after the inauguration, and then you know, after the inauguration, uh, you know, uh, that contact just went dead, and. A few months or one one month later, on February in February, uh, there was an announcement from the National Security DOJ uh, that they would continue pursuing uh, this prosecution against Julian. So we were very uh, we were hopeful that you know this was a Trump era prosecution. Uh, you know, in recently in Mike Pompeo's uh, memoir, he devoted a you know he devoted you know ten pages. Uh, to his pursuit of Julian Assange. And so we were of the mind, well, you know, Pompeo's the one who's been pushing this. Um, uh, you know, he, he was claiming victory uh, in, his, in his book about, you know, how he'd convinced the Justice Department to press charges uh, on Julian and how uh, he successfully lobbied the Ecuadorian government uh, to withdraw Julian's asylum and citizenship. And so we expected the Biden administration to not side with, uh, you know, uh, the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, but you know we were wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And no, that's exactly when it comes right. To journalists, remember the Biden administration also said that they would pursue the killer of Jamal Khashoggi on the campaign trail hmm. when it came into office. They did not. Uh, that's so uh, that kind of lets you know where you're at as far as that goes. I um, I hope you have some. Uh, I'd like to now take the time. I hope you have some better success. I'll finish that thought. But I'd like you to take some time for those who haven't seen the documentary. Tell us what we're we would look at. It's a one hour and forty six minutes long. It doesn't seem that long going through it. But please tell me what it is that. The message of of the film, and one of and what was the most difficult part of filming it for you? Well, I don't, you know, for those people who've made a film about their own family, it's, um, you know, you learn a lot uh, about about your family and and probably things that you didn't want to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guarantee so, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Um, you know that it was confronting in that way, um, but also very interesting. Uh, you know, and what we, you know, what we set out to do was tell a different side to this story, uh, and and a side to this story that you know you won't see in the newspapers, or you're not going to see on, uh, you know, television or anywhere else. Uh, you know, we had the, you know, the behind the scenes, the complete trust of our subjects, uh, Stella Assange and and John Shipton. Uh, who were really at the centre of this fight to free Julian, you know, at the centre of this worldwide, uh, it's now a worldwide movement uh, for press freedom, uh, for First Amendment and democratic rights in the US. And it's a behind-the-scenes look at, uh, at the toll uh, that that takes and, and what, what it's really like fighting for a cause uh, bigger, than, bigger than yourself. I mean, Stella and John they're normal people you know john's a retired builder um you know stella was a law is a lawyer who who worked for wikileaks so, i mean these are just you know normal people uh who are fighting for justice and and really you know that's what we wanted to come through is that uh to really empower people uh to stand up for their for their rights to stand up for their own rights um and by seeing 
uh, the determination and and the resilience and uh, you know just this you know this feeling of watching John and Stella uh, uh, fighting against which you know the greatest adversary on earth right the U.S. Uh, the U.S. government and and they just get up every day and they uh, go out and do it and and I really you know when we set out to make the film it was really about you know, showing people that, you know, you can do that, you know, it is possible, you don't, uh, you can fight people shouldn't all. throw their hands up and yeah, 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 you people shouldn't throw their hands up and say nothing can be done. Uh, because, you know, it, it is possible. And uh, these two humans, these two, you know, amazing uh, members of my family, you know, are doing it every day and, and they're a great example and, and great people to watch doing it. But it's also a way to get to know Julian uh, in a way that uh, people might not have, you know, in a human way through the people who love him. Uh, you know, we learn about Julian as a father, uh, as a son, uh, you know, as a husband. So uh, it's also a very humanizing, um, a humanizing story of this global fight uh, for press freedom. And one of the things that I look as, you know, I said, uh, <laughs> having had a taste of this myself, the hardest part for me was, uh, watching Stella and, 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 you know, his, his children, uh, you know, Julian's and, uh, knowing that he can't see or touch or even hug his own child. It to me is, um, brings back some bitter bitter memories of my own uh and i um i urge everyone to take a look at it just to get an idea of what who julian assange is uh and i'll tell you before you you know before people <clears throat> take away something i don't intend this movie is not about the allegations against him uh for for some of the things some of the more uh um inappropriate things that he was accused of how, how do i say that delicately doing nor is it a, a piece that's gonna it, it's not a hatchet piece on the u.s government it's not it, it's not any of those things what i saw out of this particular docu documentary was an insight as you said in into a, a a man who was just thought he was doing the right thing man just trying to do the right thing um and it it so it hurts on many levels have there been people that have come to you and said, you know, I really thought Julian was a was a bit of a terrorist before I saw this movie and or before I became aware of him? Is have you, in other words, have have you changed anyone's mind who was not a Julian Assange fan? Yeah, yeah, we certainly have, and you know, reignited the fires of some old supporters as well. Um, you know, uh, we've had I've had some really emotional reactions from uh, audience uh, audiences around the world who you know leave in tears because uh, you know they realize you know there's I think there's a moment when your whole world is flipped upside down and you uh, can have a realization that maybe um, you know maybe these things that you are reading or, or these outlets that you trusted or or what you sort of based your worldview on uh, is not entirely true. And so, you know, that really shakes people. And um, we ha I've had, had a few people experience that uh, when, they, when, they leave, when they leave this uh, coming up to me, uh, you know, in tears, you know, just um, their whole world rocked, you know, uh, fl they're flipped, you know, totally flipped. And, and that's been a really... You know, I think that's, you know, I wouldn't call it satisfying, but it's, uh, you know, it's emotional for me as well that, you know, what, what our intention with the film is ha is having even greater impact uh, than, than what we intended. Before we go to break, last question for you. Um, what's your biggest concern about American journalism? Wow, I mean, uh, there's, you know, I think, <laughs> It's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I just dropped it at your doorstep. You know, Here you always, go. <laughs> yeah, I think you know there there has to be you know really like what are the basic principles of journalism? And I think I always come back to that. You know uh, that a lot of journalists have lost sight of you know the basic uh, 
principles of journalism. You know, like, uh, is it true? Is it in the public interest? And then uh, it should be published. And so I think that that's really the real concern uh, for me at the moment is that, you know, we've seen, uh, there seems to be this hyper-partisanship that, you know, you can't publish true information if it's about uh, the political party you support. Uh, and this is true of both sides of politics, yep. all sides of politics. So, yeah, losing sight of that um, objectivity in journalism. Uh, and that that is my, I think, the greatest concern for me is that, you know, we really need to get back to you know, is this information true? It doesn't, shouldn't matter where it's come from. Uh, right. All it should matter is, is this information true? Uh, do, is it in the public interest to know this information? And I think if you tick those two boxes, uh, when you're looking at source information or speaking to sources, um, uh, then you're doing a, a good job. And there's still a lot of good journalists out there. Don't get me wrong. I agree. Um, I, I'll, I'll say I don't, but I'll tell you this, I don't think journalists are in the business of telling you truth, nor should we be. I think we should be in the business of presenting facts, which is what Julian Assange did. Mm. And those facts um, angered the left when it was about Hillary Clinton because they felt like they had been um, turned on by Julian Assange. And those facts angered the pro-Trump supporters because they felt like he was out to get them. So it was the it's the facts that matter, and if you're going to be fair and factual, I don't I don't think objectivity exists either. I sound like Woody Allen and Diane Keaton in a movie when I say objectivity is subjective, but you know, <laughs> you know, or I'll, I'll put it in Indiana Jones's parlance. You know, this we are the search for facts. If you want the truth, that's philosophy. Mm. It's two doors down. So I, I, yeah, I what I what I like is that he was searching for and presenting facts regardless of where it fell on either side of the aisle. And that is the hardest thing to ask a reporter to do. And yet it is exactly what we're in business to do. And yeah. he did it. And it's a lonely existence, right? Like it's you. Uh, yeah, you piss you know, everybody again, off. You got to be like me. Yeah. You got to like pissing people off. That's, that's, you know, I've been told by every administration, every presidential administration I've ever covered, you're no friend of the administration. I go, you're right. That's that's yeah, like, good. I'm, I'm doing you know, my job there. Thank you. That's <laughs> my greatest joy is when I manage to piss off the right and the left and the middle all at the same time with something that I've written. I go, now I've done my job today. I've really pissed everybody off. <laughs> my my, you know, I have my friends. I have my family, and the rest of the politicians, the political world can, you know, I don't care. But so that's what I liked about what he did, <clears throat> and it was on such a large scale which is mm. why i think he was hunted as he was and why he is in prison and remains there to this day yet i don't think i'm over exaggerating when i say he is an american political prisoner in a britain prison in a british prison we're going to take another short break and when we come back we'll have a little bit more so stick around this is just ask the question i am your host brian Karam. we'll be right back Hey, you. Yeah, you. We're talking to you, and we need your help. Seriously. As you probably know, independent journalism is a vital pillar of our democracy. Like everything else, it's not free. We're asking all longtime listeners of the show to help support us by becoming a member on Patreon. For the price of a latte, you can help guard democracy. Join us today at patreon.com slash podcast to help us keep bringing you the podcast you love and the facts you deserve. Hi, we're back. It's just asked the question again. I'm your host, Brian Kerman and Gabriel. I, I named this podcast just asked the question because of something. And I, I tell everybody this uh, Helen Thomas told me upon my first visit to the White House briefing room many, many years ago. She said, Brian, it's not important that your question gets answered. It doesn't matter what the question's answer is. It only matters if you ask the question. 
And so that's what I've tried to do in this podcast. And so to ask the question is, as painful as it may be, what do you say to those who say Julian Assange is no? And we started out the podcast with some of this, but what do you say to those who say he's no hero, that what he did was was uh, was an act of terrorism? Well, or espionage. But but and let me preface that by saying no journalist in the history of this country before this incident was ever prosecuted for under the Espionage Act. Nine times the Espionage Act has been used to go after whistleblowers, also an anathema. But this is a crossing even of that line. So for those who don't get it, what do you tell them? Well, you know, I think the easiest thing for, you know, us to point to is, you know, it's not just me saying this, right? It's not just me claiming um, that Julian, uh, you know, is uh, that this case against Julian actually is a threat to press freedom. Uh, you know, we have every single major press freedom organization, human rights NGO, all writing to the Garland administration most recently uh, on December 10th uh, last year. You know, you had Human Rights Watch, ACLU, uh, Freedom of the Press Foundation, uh, Amnesty International, uh, you know, Knight First Amendment Institute, all uh, you know, over 20, I think 24, uh, all, all uh, calling this prosecution out for what it is. And that's a threat uh, to the First Amendment and a, and a threat to uh, press freedom. Uh, also, we can cite the New York Times, uh, you know, executive editors, previous executive editors of the Washington Post, New York Times, have all called this out uh, as a threat to press freedom. Uh, yeah, most recently, that letter that they wrote uh, November 30 last year, calling on the Garland administration to drop these charges. So uh, these more and more, uh, this position that Julian has committed espionage is becoming a, a very lonely, lonely uh, position for people. Uh, you know, this we have heads of state, <laughs> even heads of state now uh, of of the five eyes of of Australia has come out and said, you know, he doesn't see what purpose is served in Julian uh, remaining in prison. So that's well, the Australian I'll tell you what Prime the purpose Minister. is, is to intimidate other whistleblowers from coming forward and to intimidate reporters from reporting the truth about things that the government would not like to have seen by the light of day. It's that but, simple. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, that is a good way to identify the these people's position you know are they uh you know are they for the persecution of journalists or you know are they for the intimidation of journalists and if if they're saying that uh, julian has committed espionage then you know that's a pretty good uh, barometer or, or a measure uh, of, of where they stand on issues of first amendment or on issues of press freedom so uh, you know, I, I try not to, you know, obviously we want to get everyone on board and, and build the movement, but, you know, some, some really want this prosecution to go ahead for that exact reason, to send that example to whistleblowers, uh, to, to journalists and to publishers, that if you publish this information, uh, you will have no rights. Uh, we can take away all your rights, your right to due process, uh, your right to speech, your, your, your asylum rights. Uh, they can all just be snatched from you uh, in an instant, and it doesn't matter if you have, you know, eight world leaders, uh, the New York Times, uh, you know, every single press freedom organization, doesn't matter how many of those organizations are on your side, uh, you know, we have the power to do this to you and we can do it uh, with impunity. So uh, that is the message that's been sent, Brian, you're exactly right. Do you have hope that he'll be freed? I know you still have hope, but uh, in, I, I, if not hope, then we're all screwed. But <laughs> let me rephrase that. Do you believe that there's a chance that he'll be freed soon? Uh, you know, I, I don't really hope, I think, is a, is a you know, I, I more have faith. I have faith in, in, in the people that we speak to, in, in humans, essentially. We, the more people we speak to, the more people we tell about the case the more people uh, can see the hypocrisy that's going on here. 
and understand that it's about them and not just about Julian. So I have faith that, you know, this, uh, this will be solved. Uh, I don't believe it's going to be from the top down. Uh, I don't believe that, you know, these people in power whose um, crimes have been exposed are about to say, oh, yes, we'll let Julian off. I think it's going to be from the bottom up. You know, I think there's going to be an upwelling uh, and, and that's what we're seeing around the world, upwelling uh, from people uh, who are concerned about what's going on. And that's what I think is going to change this, is, is a movement of people, um, you know, all wanting this change, all, uh, you know, demonstrating, calling their representatives, uh, you know, writing letters to the, to the editors, all these sorts of things. That's what's going to uh, get Julian free. It's the movement he built that will save him. The um, you have at the end of the film, and I believe in some of the press materials, um, uh, an email address that where people can reach out if they want to support or, or help support Julian's cause. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so there's a US website, assangedefense.org. Uh, people can log on to there, and uh, you know, it has all sorts of actions that are going on around the US. Um, you can donate to the campaign there. Uh, if you want to join us for one of the screenings around the country, uh, you can log on to ithicamovie.com uh, to see our screening schedule. Uh, yeah, come out and, and support us and say hello. I think uh, bring, bring a friend. You know, it's often easier to bring someone to a movie than it is, you know, to a talk or a rally. Uh, so, yeah, bring your mum. Bring your mum down <laughs> or your mum or your dad or your yeah. sister or whatever, you know. Well, my mum bring... would love to be there. My dad's passed, but that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I've met many people's mums on this, on this um, campaign. So it's always great when people bring families along uh, to, to see the film. Any final words you'd like to give to the American audience? What do you think? What, what would you like to leave people with? What's the overriding impression? Is there hope for the First Amendment? Is there hope for free speech? Or does Julian's uh, imprisonment um, mean otherwise? Well, I, you know, we, we live in, like, we live in democracies. You know, the U.S. is, is, is still a democracy. And in... Well, we in, hope. Yeah, well, in <laughs> democracy, uh, you know, people often forget that, you know, the power is with us. You know, the power is... It's our power that we delegate to our elected officials. It's, it's our money that we pay in tax that pays for these uh, things that the government decide to do, the government that, that you elect. And so I just, yeah, people have to remember that, uh, you know, the power is with them in, in, in these democracies and it's up to them to exercise it, uh, you know, not just when you vote, uh, but also keeping uh, the people you vote for accountable or the people that represent you accountable to what they say um, and yeah also accountable to, for your vote so yeah just remember that the power is with you uh, and yeah don't forget that well yeah I like to tell people you know our taxes pay their salary that makes them our employees and I demand a little more <laughs> out of my employee than being jailed for telling the truth <laughs> Or presenting facts. So, yeah, that's yeah, right. I'm, 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 I'm right with you on that. How's, uh, how's Julian's, um, in, in your last uh, ability to reach out to him? What's his mindset these days? Well, uh, these when there's a decision hanging over like this one from the U Court, where, where the UK High Court, where you know Julian could potentially be, you know, the High Court could decide, and Julian could potentially be extradited. Um, so. These times are very, uh, you know, there's, they're full of anxiety and very, very um, stressful times. Uh, so, that, so that's what Julian's going through at the moment. Um, you know, very, uh, very, yeah, very anxious um, that that uh, there could he could be extradited to the U.S. And that's because, uh, you know, under under Mike Pompeo, uh, there was revelations that the CIA uh, had made sketches and plans to actually uh, murder Julian uh, and and plans to kidnap Julian this was all revealed in the in a um, 6,000 word article written by 
uh, Mike Isakoff and Zach Dorfman for Yahoo News um, last September. So that's that's what Julian has to contend with when he's looking down the barrel of an extradition. Um, that that uh, that there are people in the U.S. who really just want him dead. Yeah, I have the same problem as just my in-laws. Um, that, <laughs> but no, I I I I get that a, a lot. Um, four years of the Trump administration, many reporters had to live through death threats. I was one of them. Um, there were people that were arrested that were coming after some of us. Um, but here's a guy who's in prison, and it's the government, our government, who's uh, conspiring to do it. I I find that just to me, just horrifying in, in its revelation about what our own government will do to journalists they don't agree with. But um, I, I do wish you the best of luck, and I really appreciate you spending the time with us. And I, if there's one thing that you want to leave the audience with, again, what would that be? I just come down and say hi. Uh, you know, we criticize the U.S. government a lot, but you know, every time we travel to the U.S., we're you know, welcome with open arms and, and, you know, so hospitable and so warm. So, yeah, come down and say hi as my father and I travel around the country. The name of the movie is Ithaca, and that's the the uh, fight to free Julian Assange. We've been speaking with uh, Gabriel Shipton, who's the uh, producer of the film and also uh, Julian's brother. Uh, Gabriel, thanks for spending the time with us. We appreciate it, and we look forward to to everyone seeing the movie. I think it's an important movie that should be seen. This is Just Ask the Question. I'm your host, Brian Karam. Thanks once again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth with Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not found anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast.